Can God interrupt your plans? Now, that we, would, we would say, oh, yes. Yes. Yes, he, he can interrupt my plans. Until he interrupts our plans. And then all of a sudden we say, man, I didn't expect this. As a matter of fact, the story we're about to read, one thing for certain, God's messing up a lot of people's plans. And no doubt Joseph said, I didn't expect this for Christmas. And so let's read Matthew chapter 1, begin verse number 18. Let's stand together again. I, I'm so thankful. I appreciate you being here so very, very much tonight. And um, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary... Now I want you to notice the Bible. Thy wife. Well, hold it. They're not married yet. But notice how the Lord addressed him and said, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall come be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Elijah, how about you leading us to the throne of grace? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the day, dear God. I'd ask you to help us empty ourselves, dear God, of ourselves. I'd ask you to help us to listen intently to the preacher as he brings your message. I'd ask you to touch this service, dear God, and I'd ask you to use it. We love you, we thank you, we praise you today. Thank you for the safety on the roads. We love you, we thank you. Amen. Amen. You'll be seated. Can God interrupt your plans? How many times have you said, Wow, I didn't expect this for Christmas. Now, depending on your personal attitude, some people say, Wow, man, I I didn't expect that this Christmas. Then others, let's go ahead and go to my next slide, are, are like this fella here. Man, I didn't expect this for Christmas. Some are like that. Truthfully, Christmas can be a very messy time. 
And things can happen. As a matter of fact, it's been noted and been, been documented that Christmas is one of the highest times of year for suicide. And so many times people get depressed during this time of year. So it can get to be really messy. And then sometimes it can just things can just simply happen. Go to my next screen there. You know, when do you hate to be there? I, now, now don't get alarmed. That's, that was set up that way. That's a dummy. And, uh, and if he was alive, he was still a dummy. Amen. And, uh, but, but anyway, things just happen. And, uh, life can, can, can be that kind of way. But can you imagine what it was? Like when the king of glory chose to be born of a virgin, coming as a baby, sure they looked for a Messiah, but truthfully they didn't expect him to come that day. As a matter of fact, it's sad, but only a handful of people on earth expected him. Most had no idea what was taking place. I just love this. Next slide, just like this picture here. I love that. He just likes, like, I've got no idea. Oh, great, you're here. The tree just faints. Like, he's got no idea what happened. And what's really sad, though, is I don't know in the day in 2018 how many people really know what that day was all about and what this time of year is really about. You ask ten people, and and, and, I, and I believe you get answers like this. And don't don't boo me out now, but we'll say, well, it's about your children, about gifts. I love this one: time off from school, or time out of work, off from work. But the reality was, Christmas was really not about any of those. Now, don't, don't boo me out. I think children ought to enjoy Christmas. Uh, when you grew up as we did, we grew up very poor. Christmas was the only, only time of the year we ever got anything. And, and, uh, sad to say, but that in Halloween, that was it. And, uh, uh, because we, we just didn't, Get things every week like kids do today. Biggest thing I can remember is growing up with dad and mom go to the grocery store and every week they would bring us back a box of Cracker Jacks and the biggest thing was a toy inside the Cracker Jacks. That was it. And so, and, and that's okay and I'm not trying to boo that out for, for, for Christmas for our kids. I want them to enjoy it and everything. But that's not the reason. That's not really and truly what the day was all about. Had you read the newspaper that morning, Jerusalem News would have said, man, the cities is packed with people coming to be taxed. The, the motel rooms are extremely high because of the number of people. The streets are filled with, with uh, uh, travelers from everywhere. But nowhere in the paper would you have read but Jesus, King of kings and the Lord of lords, a child is being born, his name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with it. You would have not read that anywhere. As a matter of fact, 
The news might have went and said, Lord, what in the world's happened to that crazy King Herod? He's ordered the death of all the two-year-old boys and under. What's, what's wrong with him? Is he going crazy again? But the truth was, they probably never really knew why King Herod did that. So it was a day. It, it was a day new Herod got the news that another king had been born or was going to be born and had been born and his plans were all messed up. Shepherds expecting a quiet evening on the hillside watching their sheep. No doubt they've worked hard all day and they've done their chores. They, they've got all the sheep all bedded down and wow, all of a sudden their plans are all messed up. Wise men, no doubt, had their plans already uh, prepared, and and no doubt they they had already made plans of what they were going to do. And then all of a sudden, their plans were messed up, and they had to hunt and gather up gifts fit for a king. We can only wonder. We can only wonder if an angelic host. If their plans wasn't messed up. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.12, And to whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto they that do minister the things which are reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. And notice this statement, Which things the angels desire to look into. So we're just kind of left to wonder if the angels' plans were messed up. However, no one's, no one's plans were interrupted and changed and messed up as much as Joseph and Mary's plans were. In verses 1 through 17 of chapter 1, the Lord gives us the genealogy of Jesus. And it's interesting, we have a lot of messed up lives in that genealogy. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged that God uses messed up people. Aren't you glad of that? I'm glad when I read the genealogy, they're not all perfect by no means. And He used them. And isn't it amazing? A perfect child came in to fix up messed up people. But verse 18, we see an interruption like none other. One day, Joseph and Mary are making their wedding plans. They're picking out the, whether the venue, where they're going to have it. They're, they're picking out the order of service. No doubt they're picking on, picking out the colors they're going to wear. They're picking out the guests they're going to order. No doubt Joseph's getting all the arrangements and the food and the wine and, and, and all of that together. Then the next day, the next day, all of a sudden, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as Mary, uh, the, his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, 
Before they came together, God protects the purity of what He's about to do. Don't miss His. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. The Bible tells us she was espoused, and that means a betrothal time. It lasted a year. And the reason she's addressed is marry thy wife because in that time of engagement, in that time of betrothal, she was and he was literally married. They just had not consummated the marriage in a marriage wedding. But they were considered man and wife. And no doubt... They talked and they were happy and they were thrilled. And no doubt Joseph loved Mary to no end. And then all of a sudden, God interrupted their plans. Wow. Wow. And my, it's amazing. Can you hear Joseph saying, I didn't expect that this Christmas. I didn't expect that. Boy, one of the things that I have learned pastoring is you never, uh, that, that, that God can interrupt our plans on any given day. On any given day. I, I remember a Monday, I'm waiting on Brother Ernie to come. Perhaps one of the, one of the best friends I ever had in life. Uh, his wife came in the little white church with her two daughters. And uh, she, was, she came and God saved her and saved her daughters. And uh, we went to visit him and he was rough and... He, he was from West Virginia, and he was mean. I'm just telling you, he was mean. That's all there was to it. He popped his knee up with a can of beer and dared me say something. You know, God gave me good sense. I didn't say anything. She was terrified inside the little apartment that they lived in, and I remember the day, and I talked to him for a little bit, but one Sunday he came. And halfway through the service, he would get up, walk to the middle aisle, look at me, and out the back door. He would do that. He did that probably four or five Sundays. And one Sunday, he got up, and I said, Lord, would you please stop that? You know, I probably couldn't. I didn't want to hurt him. You understand? And I said, Lord, would you please stop that? He got to the back door and turned and fell like a rock in a tree in the altar and begged God to save him. Then God called him to preach. And trust me, I tried to talk him out of it. I really did. And But oh, I love this man. He was probably one of the dearest friends I ever had. But one Monday, his wife had died a year earlier and he was so, so struggling. And uh, I said, Ernie, come spend a week with me. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was just going to, I was just going to be good to him. I was just going to encourage him. And I was just, I was just going to just, just encourage him. And that Monday morning we went today. They got the call and went to Days Inn. And he's, he had slipped out in the middle of the night. Our day was interrupted. 
like I've never seen before in my life. Just the other Tuesday, we went to make a visit early in the morning. And, and needless to say, it ended up being an all-day affair. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful we had the privilege to serve. But here's the point I'm making. Life has a way of sometimes, God has a way of sometimes interrupting your life. I love Joseph here. He tells us, he gives us a lot of stuff. I preach Sunday, so you, I can tell you the, 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 the gist of the message that you don't have to go listen to it. I said probably the greatest hero in the Christmas story is Joseph. Because he did just three things. He heard. He heard. What's the second point? He believed. What's the third point? He obeyed. He heard. He believed what God said and he obeyed. He got up and did what God said to do. That was it. You don't find no recorded words. But notice what the Bible says. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible goes on to say, Joseph, you're fulfilling prophecy in what you're doing. So what do you do Though when your plans, when God interrupts your plans in life. I thought this was a fitting title since Sunday. That's exactly what God did. He inter- I had plans for Sunday. But Sunday morning, He interrupted those plans. Big time. What do you do when everything you have planned all of a sudden is changed? More important, what does God do in our lives when He interrupts our world? Let me be very clear on something. Don't, don't, I don't want you to miss this. God's not the author of confusion. God's never been the author of confusion. But sometimes He interrupts our plans. So let me give you three things. You got your notes there? And you can take notes. Number one. Number one, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, what I'm giving you tonight, I want you to listen to me. I want, this is not just a message I want us to hear. Solid Rock Baptist Church, it's in my heart this next year. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm weary with us hearing. I want us to start applying. Let's start doing this. This is what you can do. You can do this. So you'll listen very carefully because I want to tell you tomorrow, how many understands tomorrow God can interrupt your world? How many understands that? He can. He can. I mean big time. He can. Now it doesn't make him less of a God. It doesn't make him a bad God. He doesn't he can but he can interrupt your world tomorrow. So what do we do? Number one. Learn to be gracious. Learn to be gracious. It's not watched here that I want you to see. I want you to see what's not happening. Joseph is not ranting. 
Ran, screaming, pitching a fit. He's not knee-jerking. He's not mistreating Mary. I don't hear him calling her names. I don't. I, 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 I read it again today before I come to church, and none of that is there. If anything, he is doing what Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight says. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. One of the things as born-again believers, as God's children, and if you're not saved and you're not God's child, I can, I can introduce him to you tonight and he'll save you. There is no excuse that when God interrupts our plans to fall all to pieces. We need to learn to rule our own spirit well. Now let me just say this. None of us, none of us, because I know someone will say, but pastor, I've seen you didn't rule your spirit well that time. None of us does this all the time. Learn to be gracious. People are watching. All our swirls are watching. The whole crowd there is going to watch and see if this unfold. Angels in heaven are watching what's going on here. And here it is. Learn to be gracious when God interrupts your life. See, it's real easy just to go on a tirade let me ask you a question. Do you fall apart when something changes in your plans? You know those days when you make one step forward and ten back? And you make one step forward back, but you just seemingly can't get anything to go? Don't you suppose? Don't you suppose that Joseph had reason to react in a negative way. Don't you suppose, had you heard that story, gentlemen, look at me, had you heard that story, how would you have reacted? You'd said, really? I mean, it was almost hard to believe in it. But the truth of the matter is, how you react when God interrupts your plans goes a long ways to how God's going to use you. See, some of you, you're saying, well, I, I, I want to be used. I want God to use me. But you're not very gracious when your plans, your plans, when God interrupts your plans. When God opens a door and gives you an opportunity to serve, literally the other day, literally, and, I, and I'm not exaggerating one bit, we stayed on the road from 9 o'clock to 4 o'clock that evening. Zip, 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 zip. And, and, and it got... Kind of frustrating. 
on the last stop, when I drove 45 minutes for a, a lawyer to say, well, I can't do that today. If you get done, you're going to have to go do it. I mean, I'm, it get, got really frustrating. But the truth of the matter is, Whenever, whenever, if you want to be used by God, when God interrupts your plans, learn to be gracious. I don't believe we do that naturally. I don't believe it's, I don't believe it's a natural act. I think we're more like the children when these kids play. I, well, I love it. Wanna, I, especially when these little ones want to take their toy, they'll run over and throw everything out now, go get that toy away from them. Mine, mine, mine! And a lot of times, we're not very gracious. So may we learn to be gracious. See, we don't know when Mary told Joseph. What the Bible doesn't tell us how she told him. The Bible says in the book of Luke one thirty nine, And Mary rose in those days and went to a hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass, Elizabeth was already six months pregnant with with, uh, John the Baptist. And it came to pass when Elizabeth saluted, uh, uh, heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. I, I mean... John the Baptist is already praising the Lord. He's having a fit. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Boy, she, not only did Joseph learn to be gracious, but may I say this, she went saw Elizabeth. And I love this. Elizabeth was gracious. And Mary learned to be gracious. Now we don't know. The Bible shields us. The Bible shields the heart of Joseph between verse 18 and 19. The Bible does not share with us the turmoil going on in this man's heart. Could you imagine? Now, folks, Joseph and Mary were just like me and you. They were human. They hurt. Did he weep for two hours? Did he he pray? What did did he do with a Bible that was so personal? The Bible shields us from that. We don't know. But we do know what he did next. Then Joseph. Now I notice. Mary's his wife. But Joseph, her husband. Are you noticing something? It sounds like God has already married them. It sounds like they're already married. Because they were. And it's the spousal time. And while he thought on these things, being a just man, don't miss that. He said, I tell you, I'm not willing to make her a public example. 
I'm not going to embarrass her. I'm, going to hurt, I'm not going to hurt her. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take her and we're going to go see the authorities in charge of all of this and let them, she tell them her story and then I'll just put her away. And I'll go on my way. And it'll be done. How gracious. Do you understand? He could have took her to the middle of the street. Says she's sleeping around. And she deserves to be stoned. Now he would have had to throw the first stone. Misses. But he could have had her stoned to death that very moment. He could have went in a tirade and literally destroyed her for life. But here is a man that's ruling his spirit very well and he's very gracious. He's very gracious. Number two, number two, notice this. Learn to be open to God. I need to share something with you here. How many of you, you want the plan from the time it opens, from the time it starts to the time it ends? When we going to start, when we you want all the details and you want all the plans of what God wants to do in your life. Just give me the plan. That's the way I am. Let me say this. God will never do that. As a matter of fact, He has not sent an email. He didn't send a letter of warning. He didn't send an angel to warn them what he was going to do. One showed up later, but he's not giving them any warning. He's not giving them any warning. I'm about to interrupt your plans. But you've got to learn to be open to God when your plans change. Can I ask you a question? What does it take for God to get your attention? See, I, I, I fear, I fear, and I love our church. I love our church. I do. But I fear for some, I, I, I sometimes wonder, God, what would it take for you to get their attention? Where they would listen. But Matthew one twenty says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, and I love this, fear not. That was his answer. He said, Joseph, I don't want you to be afraid. Joseph, don't you fear to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is the Holy Ghost. He doesn't make a knee-jerking decision. Don't miss this. But while he thought on these things, he's very open to what God has to say. 
See, it's hard to be open to what God's saying when you're fussing and complaining and griping. First thing God says to him, fear not. If you're here tonight and everything's going well, I mean, everything's going wonderful, everything, everything in your life is working good, the bills are paid for the most part, and, and things are going, cars running, everything's going pretty good, then this message right now will not mean much to you. You, you may leave it saying, yes, pa- thank you, pastor. Good message. Well, pastor, that's a good message. However, however, the moment God interrupts your plans, then this message is going to mean everything. I'm going to confess something to you. March the 22nd of this last year, when I walked out of my office and I had that stroke and I couldn't talk. Do you understand? I said, I couldn't talk. Do you understand what that means to a preacher? I was petrified. I was afraid. For the first time in my life. I mean, a fear. You're going to love this. I started to get out the car today over here to Market Basket. And the truck next to me had this great big dog. But when I got out, that dog started barking and lunch. I got back in the car. Decided we didn't need nothing to eat. We're okay. I'm not about a fear that literally gripped my heart like nothing had. And I remember thinking, God, have you got one of those fear knots? And it is to say he did. See, when God changes, interrupts your plans... First thing you're going to need is fear not. I, that's more than just how many understand something tonight. That's more than just words. When you need a fear not from God, that's so much more than words. That's knowing that there's a God in heaven and He's my Savior. Because the Bible said, God had not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. But in the middle of God's interruptions, that's, that's very hard to grasp hold of. That verse you don't remember in the middle of the interruption. You've got to have something more, and God gives that just at the right time. See, fear paralyzes our faith. Are you listening? Fear paralyzes our faith. Fear was about to move Joseph to quit prematurely. Joseph, being a just man, decided, I'm just going to do her, put her away privately. Fear had moved him to quit prematurely. What was he quitting on? The greatest opportunity 
ever given to a human man, he got to be guardian of the very God himself. Do you understand? He was about to quit prematurely on the greatest opportunity. God did choose but one woman, Mary, and chose one man to be the guardian and the caretaker as he stepped off of heaven and robed in flesh and become a baby in Bethlehem. Do you understand? He almost forfeited the greatest opportunity of his life. Wow. Fear almost moved him to send her away for her life. Fear almost moved a group of disciples. Jesus, 200 pennies worth won't feed this crowd. Well, what do you have? We got one little large lunch of five loaves and few fish and two fishes. And, and, and what's that among so many? Fear almost missed. They missed the greatest opportunity to watch God break that and feed all these people and then pick up 12 baskets full. You see, fear can paralyze. And many churches tonight, many churches are living in fear and are paralyzing themselves from the opportunity God has. So learn to be open. I love this story. I love it. David standing for old Pharaoh, I mean Saul. And he's facing a giant. And Saul said, what, what makes you think? You're just a runt of a boy. What makes you think you can fight this warrior? He's been a warrior all of his life. He's a giant. Hey, what makes you think that you can? Don't miss this. Don't miss this. It's because he learned to be open to God. When God sent the bear and God sent the lion, he didn't fall all to pieces. Whenever he went out, God sent him, he fought him, he defeated him. He fought the bear and fought the lion. When he got over here to the giant, he said, what's the big deal, boys? I've done seen God whip a lion and seen God whip a uh, bear. What's the big deal? But he would have never gotten the opportunity had he run in fear, if he'd seen a man say, okay, sheep, head for the hills, follow me, I'm going that way. Had he run, had he quit, had he allowed fear to keep him. One of the greatest things, if you can be open to God, if you can be open to God, you'll be amazed at some of the things that God allows you to experience. See, a lot of times we'll allow fear. See, we'll, we'll allow fear to keep from making visits. You could. But fear says, 
Well, you're liable to get sick. Fear says, well, you better not go around that. You'll, get, you'll be in trouble. Fear says you can't do that. But what you don't understand is, you might have not just shut the door of God doing something for you. I was at um, Fresh Air Galaxy. And a lady come up. She started talking to me. And she just started weeping. She said, I want to thank you so much. And uh, it took me a while to remember her name. God forgive me. And, uh, but anyway, she said, I want to thank you. Now, she didn't mention the messages I preached. She didn't mention, and I'm sure I preached some good messages. She didn't mention one of them. All she mentioned was, on Mother's Day, you and your wife came by to bring me a gift because I was sick. That's it. You see, fear would have kept you from going. And you would have missed it. See, we, we need, almost... Almost. Now, Joseph's not being wrong. He's thinking, well, I just tell you, uh, I, I, I'm going to put away. But he was open to God. And he was about to miss the greatest opportunity that was given him. See, um, we never know. So there'll be times God interrupts our life. And we're not, we'll not be happy about it. And we can't see God in anything of it. But I tell you what, if you're open to God, learn to be open to what God's doing. Matter of fact, matter of fact, sometimes we entertain angels unaware, not even knowing it. The Bible says, there's a way that seemeth right unto the man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. What the Bible says, there's a way that seems right. There's no doubt, Joseph's way was right in his own eyes, but it was about to destroy him. Jeremiah 29, 11, you say, well, I, I don't know. I'm afraid to be open to God. This is what God said. I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. i tell you one more story, and I'm, I'm going to move on. I, I, I one one day I never forget this day. I visited Caldwell, uh, Valdez, and and Hick, Extraba, and Fry, and had just come back to the church. I visited all all of those places. And if you've ever tried driving all those places, it's interesting. And, and to say the least, in a minute, a woman called me and said, would you go see a, a, a family member down at Catawba? I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. I got off the phone and I fussed and I complained. And I dropped all the way down the line. I ran and I beat the steering wheel. I said, do not even members. And I didn't act gracious. Act like a devil is what I acted like. I wasn't gracious, but I went. Got to the room. Dave went home. And I walked out of the room. And there's a little black woman sitting in a chair. Is you a preacher? And those words, just like a dagger, pierced my heart. 
Ma'am, I'm trying. I mean, I just showed myself. I know some of you holier people, just forgive me. I know you never do that. All right? But I said, I'm trying. I've been waiting all day for somebody to pray with me. You come here. You buy right here in front of me. You start praying. I prayed a little few minutes. I don't know. I didn't. It wasn't much. She. Start praying. I can remember her patting me on the top of the head. And I honestly believe, had I looked up, I'm not sure I wouldn't have seen God himself. I've never experienced it. I got up, walking down the hall. I said, God, if you help me, I'll never complain about a visit again. Now when I go, and somebody's not there, I say, God, what you got me here for? Who have you got me here for? And I'll look for that person. You see, you got to be learn to be open to God. Then third, you've been gracious and I've been late. Then preach Sunday, you got to catch up. Learn to grow in faith through the act of obedience. Learn to grow in faith. When did Joseph's faith grow? When did Joseph's faith grow? Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, argued with God for 25 minutes on why in the world he should do this. After all, my gosh, Lord, what do you expect? No, You've got to be reasonable, God. Do you expect me to do this? Or being raised from sleep... Well, and then Joseph, verse 24, being raised from sleep. God, I got to have 25 signs right in the heavens. Tell me, you're you going to have to explain this to me. What's that next word? He what? He what? Please show me where the argument's there. Show me where the debate's there. Show me. Please, where he's questioning. And the Bible says, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did, as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his, notice, his wife, and knew her not. I love this. Joseph is saying, I'm not going to mess up what God's doing by touching her. Now I'm not going into details. You don't want what's talking about. And knew her not. Until she brought forth her firstborn son. Joseph is saying. I'm not about to mess up what God's doing here. I'm not touching. What God. Himself is doing. You see. I truly believe a lot of people. Miss God. And miss growing in their faith. Because they fail right here.
See, it's one thing to learn about faith. It's one thing to know faith. But it's quite another to learn to grow in faith through the act of obedience. There's something about just simply obeying God that engrows your faith because when you obey God, He gets to flex His muscles and show you what a great God He truly is. And He wants to do that. He does this for Joseph. But notice something. Don't you miss this. That act of obedience would lead to another act of obedience. Joseph, Herod's going to kill this baby if he gets a chance. You take that baby and go into Egypt. And, Mo, and Joseph rose up and went. And went. That act of obedience led to another act of obedience. Obedience is not stagnant. It's not a one-time deal. You don't obey God tonight. You can obey God tonight by coming in an altar. That's just, that's just a step of obedience. He'll ask you for something. He'll want you to do something tomorrow. He'll ask you something next week. He'll want you to do this. And at whatever point, whatever point, you say, no, 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 I ain't doing that. No. Now you can paint it up, folks, with anything you want to paint it up with. You can use any excuse. and We can justify it any way. We can paint it up any way we want to. But if it's God, something He's put in our heart, then it's still obedience no matter how we paint it up. But if you want to grow in your faith, if you want to grow in your faith, then you through the act of obedience. See, you're here tonight. You're obedient. And I hope you're here for the, because, I hope you're here because you love the Lord. I do. I, I, I believe you are. And I, I do. I believe that. But through that act of obedience... God can grow your faith. So when He asks you for the next thing, and in doing so, and in doing so, He can use you mildly. Can you imagine? We get to heaven. We walk in. We see an unassuming man standing in the shadows. What's your name? Joseph. Joseph, well, um, is there any books in the Bible that you wrote? Joseph said, no. Did God, did the Holy Ghost record any words that you said? No. No. Then Joseph, what was your lot in life? And I believe you'd see a man... You see the king? See the king of kings and lord of lords? I'm the man that got the privilege of every day going to a carpenter shop, making a chair or a table to buy food to feed him. I, 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 I fed God. You know what? I fed God. 
Oh, you, you, you've, been, you've been talking about Mary kissing his face and, and playing with his hands that scooped out the world. And I, I want you to know something. When he got a little bit bigger, we don't do it when we're real little, but when he got a little bit bigger, I love, I, I love this. Got a little bit bigger. I bounced up my bones. I bounced God on my knee. You, you know what? I bounced God on my knee. Boy, I got to teach him how to use a hammer. The creator of the universe. I got to teach him. Oh, wow. You see, and he just about missed it because God interrupted his plans. So I ask you a question again. Can God interrupt your plans. I want more statement. I have watched God interrupt some people's worlds in this church. I've watched that. But then I've watched something else. I've watched people when their lives were interrupted, God interrupted their plans. I watched them learn to be gracious. I watched them. I watched them open to God. And I watched their faith grow. And I watched some of them blossom in to some of the greatest Christians that I've ever met. I watched that in this church. I watched that. And it's been the most amazing thing. So there's something to this. There's something to this. But I ask you a question. Can God interrupt your plans? I had in my notes. How many ever watched the story of Grinch that stole Christmas? You know, he thought he'd go down there and, you know, he thought he would, uh, he would just interrupt him to steal all the food and all the gifts and all that stuff, thinking he could steal Christmas. He interrupted her plans, but you know what? He didn't. He didn't. When God interrupts your plans, can he? Can he? So I'll stand to her feet. Every head bowed, never eye closed. Maybe you're like the man with his fist through the computer. Oh, nobody knows that. But maybe your spouse, they, perhaps nobody knows that, but the one you live with, they know that you're not very gracious. Why not learn to be gracious? Why not learn to be gracious? I don't think it's something we're born with. I think we have to learn it. 